What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Yo, not once, not twice, but three times a week podcast where we talk about the hottest topics and the latest news with a touch of what, Terrence? Humor with a capital H. Oh, Humor yeah. with a capital H. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, and yeah. and yeah, capital H just like Harish, which also ends in a capital H. Sure, sure. Make everything about you. Okay. It's, yeah, it's yeah. One I know, I know. It's one of those days. <laughs> it's one of those days. Everybody exactly. get your seatbelts on. It's one of those days. <laughs> it's one of those days where yeah. you know I'm maybe feeling not not the not that not the happiest, not the best, and I will be usurping attention every once in a while during this podcast, lah. I mean, just the heads up. Yeah, it's just, it's just. Maybe I'm, I'm a bit immune to it because I've, you know, I've been in the media space for a while, and and when you meet, uh, you know, influencers, celebrities, uh, actors, actresses, you 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 can't, um, you can't blame them for it or so lah, right? It's part of the, it's part of the the requirement of work lah, right? To be able, well, what to, do you mean? To be able to draw eyeballs towards yourself. To to uh-huh. sort of walk in the room and have an aura and 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 have people's attention around you, lah, right? I guess so. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So I, I so. I've I've gone from like oh being irritated about to like this is what it is, lah. This is the industry, and 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 you know every time you go you you are next to this person, they're going to explode into this flurry of fireworks when they walk into <laughs> a, a group of new people and everything, ah. <laughs> I feel that's a very roundabout way of just. Uh, jibing me like no, 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 you know, I would not, appreciate something not. a little more direct. No, huh? no, no, All no. this no, fucking innuend. Uh, no, we really. I'm really trying to explain to people the experience of you know like being in in our industry, like right. Yeah, and I'm sure you have felt it when you walk into a room and there's someone who's like, you know, like oh, a big influencer, or big starter kind of thing or so, like right. And yeah, everyone yeah. surrounds no, but, them and all that. Yeah. But there are some people who kind of expect that aura and some people who just have that aura. And thankfully, uh, like, I think both of us have been in the presence of, of both. Yes. Right? Would you say that? Uh, what in both, yeah, both what? Both types of people who either expect aura or have aura and don't really expect it but get it. Uh, yes, yes, you know yes. I mean? the, don't expect it, but get it is the is the coolest. Like, it's yeah. a big fucking difference. Yeah, it's yeah. a big fucking difference. Sometimes you go you're like, oh shit, that guy has presence, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he's the kind that of guy, guy that, or girl, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. He's the kind of person that you want to hang out with, like, you know, uh, after the after the party, you're going to eat prata together, that kind of thing, like, right? Yeah, like, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of so, but yeah, but like. everybody, everybody will want to have prata with them. Yeah. Everybody. Correct, correct, correct. Yeah, then yeah. on the side table, you get someone who is expecting everybody to want to have prata with him Must or her, but nobody. Sit alone, then uh. all the rejects from the first table will go there, <laughs> which kind of inflates the ego of that person. Yes, yes, yes. And, and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. Correct, correct. correct so yeah. which which table are you at, Terrence? I'm not even at the table, man. I'm, I'm like at home sleeping already. I'm not even I'm not even going for the prata. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Going for the prata. Hmm. But anyway. Right. Uh yes. yeah, long long roundabout way to long to, roundabout to yeah, this is a, a weekly yeah, thrice a week podcast. But we always uh, start a podcast. Three by, times, dude. Three times. Yeah, thrice a week. You just uh, said twice. I said thrice, thrice. Oh thrice. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Thrice. But uh, um yeah, what well, we always start by you know, for those new here, we always start by talking about uh something that you should check out, which is mm. What Harish? Uh we which is is it is what the same thing that I'm that you're that we just launched? Yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> ah, okay, cool. It is uh folklory.com, F O L K 
L-O-R-Y.com, which is our little baby uh, where we provide a service where anybody who wants to create a gift of some sort for someone they they love or appreciate um, and wants to capture memories and stories, right, but doesn't want to do it in a written note or a video or something, um, what we do is, is we create audio gifts, like personal, private podcasts, which is just a conversation between Terrence, myself, or uh, any of our interviewers uh, with that person to create like a 30-minute audio episode. And and we did a sale earlier in the year. It We created a bunch of episodes for people from around, uh, who, who and we spoke to people around the world. So now we just launched the website. It is on sale. You can book your slot and hopefully it'll be in time for Christmas if you're thinking about a gift. Lah. Yeah, and uh, we would thoroughly advise if you would like it for Harish and I to, to be the ones to interview, it's best to book early lah. Because our time mm. slots, our time slots are lim- quite limited in December because of, uh, because of uh, you know some some shoot that's going on. Uh, so yeah. but but we do we do do the interviews ourselves uh, as well. Uh, quite you know? a good amount of time. Uh, yeah, yeah, a good amount of time. Well, well, but we've also built up like a team that's able to do the interviews. But sometimes we like to do it ourselves as well. Uh. Yeah, maybe the next the next time we can play and uh, an excerpt from a previous episode. Uh. Yeah. To, to give people an idea of what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's one on the website, like, if you really want to look for it now already, right? Yeah, yeah. Where I, where I, I interviewed my mom and that was the first thing that sparked, uh, at, that inspired us to like, oh shit, there's something there. Yeah, correct. So correct. if you want to listen to my mom and me have yeah. a conversation, go on to folklory.com. The link is in the show notes. Yeah. But, uh, awesome. Yeah, speaking of uh, mums and family values and, and, and everything and staying cohesive and all, what is mm. our first topic? Uh, this time uh, the first topic is uh, something about good old Lawrence Wong mm. and his recent speech on multiracialism at the IPS RSIS forum on race and racism in Singapore. Mm. So that happened on uh, that happened. Oh, yesterday? Shit, no wait, that was that was uh, the different forum. No, yeah, no. Oh yeah, correct. Yeah. No IPS RSIS conference on identity on Tuesday, November twenty third. Mm, that's right. Yeah. This is the second speech he has done. Mm. The first one that I referred to just now was done back in June. Yeah. And basically, this one was focused on the rise of identity politics. Mm. Uh, and that is our, how it affected Singapore. Lah. Yeah. And mm. uh, I mean, so, it's a th- it's a half an hour long uh, speech. Uh, mm. Yeah. I mean, have you, have you had a chance to go through the whole thing? I did. I listened to the whole damn thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I have read most of the articles about That's it. Great, plus, I listened to as much as I could uh, before this lah. Especially the the key the key part that they where he was making a point about the LGBTQ community yeah. Plus the mm. I listened to the full Q and A because I think the Q and A is always a very uh, interesting part where where they you know a bit more off the cuff lah, so to speak. I see. Okay, mm. that that's good because uh, I I watched the speech and I read through uh, the questions from the Q and A. So sure. we are complimentary. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, off the bat, what was your your first thoughts when you saw that? Oh, it's another speech, uh, from Guru Lawrence Wong. Uh, I mean, I can't help but think this is the that this is. I mean, this is seems like he is the front runner for PM right now. If he's mm. making another speech about uh, a very contentious issue, uh, you know, in in Singapore politics now, which is identity politics, like, right? Mm. Um, you know, they, it could have been anyone else, but again, they chose Lawrence Wong, the finance minister, 
you know, who, I mean, his portfolio is finance and, and co-chair of the MMTF, his portfolio is also taking care of COVID. But they asked him yeah. to speak about identity politics. Uh, so it's a quite a clear sign that, yeah, uh, he's being trotted out to to make a point. Uh. Yeah. Mm. That was my first, the first thing that hit me. Uh. What about, what about so, you? So before I, I share, maybe just a, a primer on what identity politics is. Uh. It's essentially, uh, okay, the, the political approach wherein people of a particular gender, race, religion, social background, or whatever other identifying factor develop political agendas that are based upon these identities. Mm, so mm. I think we have heard it uh, many times in recent years uh, where basically, yeah, like, um, yeah, like, like from my understanding, it's, yeah, if, if I'm Indian, then my politics will all be about, uh, yeah, like the, the rights of Indian people or the rights of, uh, men or or anything that's tied to my particular identity as opposed to to something that a community or ident- uh, uh, identity that I'm not part of. Mm, wait, wait. So let's, let's just dissect that a bit further. So when I say, mm. uh, when someone says identity politics, usually uh, it comes with a negative connotation? I would say yes. Uh, because you're saying it's because it's tied to uh, some feature or characteristic of the individual that is uh, like like race or skin color or, or, or gender or something that is um, not not something that you can choose like right that's what you're saying yes correct okay yep. okay so so yeah I mean race gender uh, but inequality inequ- social wealth inequality also is a is an issue like right yeah, I believe so. I think as long as it's an identi- identifying factor mm-hmm. uh, where you can be part of a group or a class or a mm. community or anything, yeah. I think uh, that's part of but, it. But like, how but about saying, how about what if I say, oh, I'm, yeah, we're all Singaporeans. We should, not, we, should not, we should do this, we should do that. Is that considered identity politics? I think that's the good kind of identity politics mm. where your identity is something that is shared. Mm. Unless, so unless, even- unless it's about, it becomes about xenophobia or so, like, right? Where where ah, you're, yeah, like, where you're right. identifying being Singaporean as that's why we cannot you know we we must hate foreigners or anything like that right that's also identity I mean, politics like, in some way yeah I guess in some way that's that's true like can there be any politics that are not tied to identity because mm. if we are talking within Singapore yeah the Singapore identity is is great you know and mm. politics based on the Singaporean is great but if you're at the UN uh. That's part of, I mean, identity politics there would be part of it. Like you're representing Singapore, right? Mm-mm-mm. So, I, I, yeah, maybe it's l- less to do about the characteristics that you can or can't control. But it's just really, um, do you self-identify as a as a group, la, right? As a very, as a very uh, cohesive group. La. Then, then, and, then, and then say that, oh, we should do this together as a group. That, that to me sounds like, I, like it's basically uh, describing what identity politics could be, lah. Mm. Yeah. Or maybe it's just bad when it's a when it's a minority identity, uh. but if it's a majority identity, it's great. Oh, now that what you just said itself is an example of identity identity <laughs> politics, <laughs> la, right? Yeah. Fucking hell, man! That's some meta shit. Why is it? Why 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 is it uh, a form of identity politics? Uh, no, we basically you are calling for regardless of what someone's personal beliefs are or anything, just by mm. the fact that you are minority, you must you must. You know, you have to you you must canvas together as a group, lah. You know what I mean? Like you all have. No, what I was you, saying is that. Uh, 
No, well, what I was saying is that it, it, the optics of it seem to be negative only when it's a sm- when it's a smaller group playing identity politics as part of a bigger group. Because in Lawrence Wong's same speech, he mm. emphasized the Singaporean identity, right? He mm. literally said identity. Mm. So that's not identity politics. I think in some extent it is like no, like I mean like uh like even between di- like, I mean he brought up the, the issue of, of uh Chinese dialects as well. Uh. There was uh. identity politics between different Chinese dialects also. Not that they were one yeah. one group was necessarily bigger than the other, but they just fought over over differences in, 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 in culture la, and, and language and in the dialect they used and stuff as well. La. And I guess money mm. money was somewhere involved as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, but I, I I guess the the reason I was asking was because I think the the general gist when you talk about identity politics is a there is a negative connotation to it, like, Right? It's a form of yeah, uh, like like he said. I think he took a lot of pains to explain tribalism and and, and the origins of the even the word tribe and and how it how it uh, you know lends itself to a society like Singapore's lah. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So, so I mean, the the good thing about the speech, if you listen, he's definitely eloquent. He's definitely mm. articulate. Um, it was kind of academic. Like I think he started off with a definition of tribalism and his mm. root word being tribus, which is a Latin word. And Mia's like, oh fuck, this feels it's like school annoying. like that. Oh, this is them annoying. I can't, I can't stand that kind of uh, that kind of speech or, or article. Why? 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 We <laughs> start with a. Like a dictionary definition. Webster's dictionary. Yeah. Webster's dictionary. Maybe oh for my wedding, God. I'll be like, you know, marriage. Webster's defi- de- definition of a man of marriage. Yeah. <laughs> Immediately, you fucking turn off, right? Yeah, turn off. I'll boo straight away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, but he's yeah. a minister, so, so, so he's a lot to say, whatever he wants to say. Uh, but yeah. So, I mean, okay, generally, he started off, it, it, like, the, the main themes of his topics was identity politics and, by association, also the concept of tribalism, like, where mm. people naturally fall into groups or naturally fall into, like, the, the people you uh, identify with the most. Like, and then he went back and truce, traced the roots of the word tribe, like, thousands of years, mm. a thousand year, a year ago in, the, uh, in Rome and a Roman citizen, and um, kind of brought it all the way back to identity politics in modern society. Mm. And then he he kind of talked about um, its its role in modern society in Singapore, um, and then talked about the racial riots from the past, and then kind of outlined certain ways on how we can we can move forward. Mm. So it was a it was a high level summary of the issues and some proposals on how we can move forward. Mm. Um, I would encourage everybody to listen to it and form your own thoughts. Mm. But after listening to it, after reading it, what was your what do you feel? Eh? No, what what do you feel? I think you haven't mentioned anything about how what you thought about it. Um, I mean, okay, overall I think it's he definitely spoke in in a way that there was no one thing that stuck out. You know, like when PM Lee had the speech and he mentioned uh, Chinese privilege in the context of something, but that was kind of taken out of context. That became the focal point. There was a lot of backlash and it felt like the whole thing was missed. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, it felt quite uh, uh, safe. Mm. Um, and in eloquently describing stuff that, okay, la, like you read it, okay, that kind of makes sense about how, you know, we need to not write off the the. Comp- complaints or feedback from any one particular community um, there needs to be some level of compromise because not every group can get their own way um, like everybody has a right to 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 lobby for what they need um, 
And then he went into the ways of how we can move forward. La. So at the end of the day, I listened to it. I'm like, um, nothing new, nothing revolutionary, nothing profound. In fact, with the steps that he proposed, I felt there was a lot on us as citizens as opposed to to the the policies or um, certain things that, that the government mentions or just the way recent times, they, the way they have acted like, and I'll elaborate more on that. So that was my thoughts. Mm, yeah. Uh, you? Generally speaking, I think the two things about the speech stuck out to me. Uh, the segment where he mm. talked about the LGBTQ community and needing to listen to them and the government needing to be a fair broker between all the different views and different parties. That was one mm. part. Uh, and the second part, he did bring up uh, the concept of Chinese privilege, but basically saying that Chinese privilege itself is a form of stereotyping because you know a poor Chinese woman would have a vastly different lived experience from a wealthy Chinese man. Yeah. And, and he's saying that when you treat all Chinese as a monolithic uh, you know, uh, group where they all have the same shared experience, then that's a form of stereotyping in itself. So uh, I'm uh, on the second point, I think a lot of people would, would, would just tell him, actually, uh, you're missing the whole point about, about Chinese privilege. Right? It's not really about about socioeconomic status or, or, or whether one person has a good life or a bad life or what. It's just about purely just by by supposedly the color of, a, of someone's skin that um, they have a they have an inherent privilege la, wherever they are. Uh, mm. I think that I think that's that's what the, you will hear a lot of uh, um, oh, a lot of a lot of people would say that about about the definition of what Chinese privilege is lah. Um, mm. So 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 I think I think if his his purpose was to sort of um, you know discount uh, not say discount but but to to argue back against that that particular view of Chinese privilege I think uh, it sort of missed missed the point uh, almost entirely lah. you know in, in in Chinese last time in Chinese essays uh, I mean you know, this this is my privilege talking again but my last time in, when you write Chinese essay in school there's a there's two terms that the teacher used to 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 grade your essay is one putuiti, which is like mm. your your essay has nothing to do with what the question was, and then mm. uh, there's another one where called uh, for the one putuiti you get zero points for the one putuiti I remember you get seven points but it's also a very uh, it's also a very uh, bad assessment of your essay it just means your your essay misses the point uh, you know misses the point wildly la. So I think for him, for this, for the point of Chinese privilege, I give him a one put seven points la, out of thirty. Mm. You know, um, and then and then so yeah, then going back to that first point about LGBTQ one, I think that one was a uh, was very contentious. Like got a lot of people talking on Reddit. Uh, what do you mm. think about that, that specific the specific point? Eh? So that one essentially what you are referring to is his statements about um, like. Uh, uh, how they still have um they they're they important the have, voices are right. important yeah uh, voices are important and that yeah like we need to to listen to groups like that but um it will also uh you, you cannot write off their concerns lah mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Correct, correct, correct. um and he also said is to yeah um 
acknowledge and address legitimate concerns of every uh, in air quotes tribe without allowing our politics to be based exclusively on identities or tribal allegiances. Mm. It felt like, you know, in school when there's Racial Harmony Day yeah, and you go for Racial Harmony Day and immediately you feel, you're not a racist. Yes, I love all races. Yeah. And... It's just like, okay, like you, you do it, you check the box. So in, in this case, I think it's great that in an official speech, in the capacity of uh, his role as Minister of Finance and co-chair of MMTF and fairly high position in government, he's, he's talking about LGBT issues, uh, not kind of condescendingly in a speech, but I just felt it was, uh, you mention it, you want to, but it's just like one paragraph. It was a very passing statement to just say, okay, we hear you, mm. we hear you, we know you have concerns, uh, your concerns are valid. But moving on, here are five ways where we can not fall into tribalism and identity politics. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you? Uh, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, um, also also just just trying to think about the context at which Lawrence Wong is giving this speech, right? Um, I think since the last speech that he gave in June 2021, right, the COVID, mm. the COVID situation in Singapore has changed quite a bit la, since, since mm. that time. So, uh, there's a lot. I feel like there's a lot more displeasure and anger about the MMTF and COVID and the fact that he's the co-chair and everything, uh, directed at him lah. Uh, yeah. So I I also see a lot of online comments. People saying, "Oh my God, Singapore's finished if he's PM and, and stuff like that lah." Right. Mm, 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 um. Mm. But but aside from comments lah, right? I think one thing that seems very clear to, to everyone, regardless of whether you, you support PAP or support whoever. One thing is very clear is that uh, the MMTF, co-chaired by Lawrence Wong, uh, generally is it takes a more cautious, uh, more cautious and very conservative approach to to switching things up, lah, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And ev- as evidenced by even like a uh, family being able to dine out was considered like, you know, oh, uh, one step forward as a measure, like, as an opening up measure and, and, and things like that. So, yeah. Just based on what, how we've seen MMTF and, and Lawrence Wong conduct themselves over the past six months, yeah la, you, you you can be sure that there's a lot of talk here about listening to the LGBTQ community or that. But when it comes to action, it's 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 going to be a long, long, long drawn pro- out process lah. But know. in that in that case, maybe like Lawrence Wong is the top half of uh the the duckling that is the government swimming in the lake of. Uh, the Singapore like, in the sense that maybe he's the duck the duck head or the swan head or the goose head that is you know calm but beneath the surface all the people below him all his teams are working on it because because to be fair there's been a slew of racial themed content coming out mm. on mainstream media mm. uh, on on like even forums like this mm. I mean I have that CNA show as well where it's focused on race mm. which I I think it's it's all from direction from above like. so maybe 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 this could be something. Okay, the moment it's mentioned in a speech like that, it sets off like this this government checklist. Okay, communist uh, mentioned in a, pe- in a in a speech. Okay, okay, now it's official. Then it trickles down, and all this shit happens behind closed doors, mm, mm, mm. But I mean, but that's the thing, right? Like, um, someone did mention to me that day or so la, that oh, you know now, now that uh, you know Lee Sin Long has even mentioned the about taxing the wealth in the, you know at the. At the Milken mm. Institute Forum, all means that is you know there's a lot of work that's going to be done on it in Singapore. Then I, I question that I question that view lah, right? Just because mm. someone mentions it in a Q and A or in a speech, something like that, that immediately there's a whole army of people working on it lah. Because 
I mean, it was. It's been really. Uh, I, I, in in some ways, I do side with uh, the activists in this way, lah. That at the very base level, just look at the actions done, lah, la, by like something like three seven seven A, lah, right? Which mm. um, it you know whatever your your whatever your your convictions are about uh, LGBTQ and everything, right? The repealing of three seven seven A will have no impact on you as a person, lah, right? Mm. Uh, all it does is just make make someone's existence feel less like a crime lah. And and, mm, and, and, and mm. they're just just speaking it has no repercussions on, on anything that 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 whole, uh that, that heterosexual people or heterosexual couples or the family unit or anything like that at all lah, right? Uh yeah. just that alone, just a symbolic symbolic gesture, they have not been able to so called find that consensus on it within their own government. They've not been able to to do anything about it. Uh, to to you know, repeal basically what is a very unenforced law lah, and and yeah. in spite of all the voices and ping dot every year and and everything, for some reason they've chosen not they just chosen to just let status quo be status quo law, you know. Mm. So because their their argument is that it's never enforced, what it's just yeah, there and yeah. there's still, yeah, it, it's still uh something that. Would be what would be problematic if removed or something. Yeah, like. yeah. But if 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 someone just tells you, you know, you it just makes you feel really, you know, uh, disgusting and and unappreciated as a member of society and and lower than other people. You know, do you just yeah tempt them just oh that's what that's what the majority wants lah, or do you find mm. some way to convince the majority maybe that we should be more open minded about it lah, you know. Mm, so mm. I don't see that kind of convincing going on here. I find it here is more like, oh yeah, you know, you just got to understand society is like this and we, uh, oh yeah, politicians, we listen to what society says and things like that lah. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, that's where like, I guess depending on my, on my mood, I would, I would see this speech uh, differently lah. Like in one hand, if I'm like, oh, you know, like um, there's a speech went well, if I'm like, if there's other good news around Singapore, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, the government's caring about LGBT issues and, and at least mentioning in a speech. But when I just think about, okay, does does mentioning it actually mean anything? This is not a new topic, yeah. right? Pink Dot has been around for how fucking long, right? Because yeah. I think on the panel, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but there was also mention that any sort of movements in society, in policy, in, in perspectives takes time, right? Yeah. Um, you can argue that how much time it takes, that's, that's subjective, but it takes time. Okay, I think everybody agrees it takes time, mm. but it feels like over the past how many years, now finally what? It's appearing in speeches. Mm. Um, and it feels like, as opposed to this kind of speeches that is overarching and touches on everything, maybe yeah. people just need something to hold on to. Correct, yeah. Like just a symbol. Like I think there was one thing that um, I read um, about the panel. So the panel comprised uh, Lawrence Wong, then... Professor Joseph Liao, who's the Dean of College of Humanities. Another professor, Vinita, who's from the De- Department of Sociology from NUS. Another professor of Psychology from SMU. And then three respondents. So, Miss mm. Corina Lim, Executive Director at the Association of, uh, from AWARE. Mr. Mm. Sharvesh, who's a co-founder of Minority Voices. And Ng Yisheng, a writer and LGBTQ activist. But the one thing that stuck out to me was that Ng Yisheng, I think he ended off by saying... Um, I think he invited Lawrence Wong to to Ping Dot. You know, mm, he was mm. saying, uh, he said to Lawrence, what did he say? Uh? Um, something along the lines of, okay, if you really want to listen, uh, come to Ping Dot. Mm. And I thought that sort of stuff feels like, okay, um, 
it's it's actions like because right now it's all words right you can say all you want but even an an action that is a bit more quantifiable a bit more something that people can hold on to would would mean a lot like and i think that is what is lacking from speeches like this like yeah yeah so i mean you know the concept of like, i'll just cause the prime minister's brought it up in a speech so it, it, you know it means progress right necessarily i mean let's go back to 2003 where go chok tong was quoted in Time Time magazine, uh, literally saying that, oh, you know, so let let LGBTQ evolve, and in that time, the population will understand that some people are born that way. We are born this way, we're born that way, but they are like you and me. So mm. I think that speech, that, that speech or that quote he gave was a very big deal for for the community at that time, right? The LGBTQ community, because it was an acknowledgement of of their existence. And and then yesterday we have Lawrence Wong, you know, talking about LGBTQ community uh, as in uh, again acknowledging the existence but you really look at the actions in between you know the like what has happened to pink dot in, in in more recent years remember how pink dot suddenly became this at first it started off as like a very small thing then as it became bigger suddenly it had to be fenced in at, mm. at Hong Lim Park and then I, I don't know if you went but I was there when when they had to fence in everyone and you had to oh, take when, out your IC to enter. To enter. Yeah, the foreigners had to be outside. Yeah, right? and the foreigners yeah, had to be outside. And then well, no yeah. more, no funding from foreign foreign companies. Funding meaning like no donations or anything. Even Google like cannot donate to the event and all that. La. Right? Yeah. So yeah. It, it was like, I mean, that, 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 that kind of actions are completely opposite of what he's saying here, la, right? That, oh, you, you will have a right to say your mind and everything, la, right? Um. Mm. And this paranoia that is big, that, that that foreign groups are infiltrating and all that, so I mean it's just you know I I I don't want to just simply say that it's lip service and then just leave it as that. I want to try and explain why I feel that way about it, and yeah you know, But essentially, to me, it felt like lip service, lor. What he's saying. Yeah, in fact, I felt the one where he talked about race more. That to me was like, oh shit, he's saying some stuff that I cannot imagine a politician saying. But this yeah. one is stuff I can imagine a politician saying. Yeah, yeah. And that I think was the, the biggest thing. I was like, huh? Yeah. yeah, of course. If only now you're accepting the fact that we have to listen to these minority groups, I'm like, yo, yeah. what the fuck, man? Maybe maybe then don't co-chair uh, the MMTF and uh, be head of a ministry so you can pay attention to more stuff like this. Like, And I know that's directed very much at him, mm. uh, which... Might not be the accurate representation of, of who exactly is working on this, but I think as people who are listening to this and the way it's being written about it, that's what I feel from from uh yeah like, like from from his speech like and I mean even his way forward right like mm. he outlined five strategies to prevent tribalism identity politics uh taking root in Singapore. So first is uh strengthen relationships among people, uh which is yeah society be nice to each other. Second, avoid stereotyping groups, mm. uh, and that's where he mentioned Chinese privilege. The third is draw on the better angels of our nature, which is where, you know, as humans, as Singaporeans, we uh, we trade, you know, um, and there's a lot of reciprocity, reciprocity uh, trust, mutual benefit. Four is give hope, chance, and a good life to all, mm. um, which means, yeah, never allow uh, uh, us to keep thinking of a zero-sum mindset where some win, some don't, everybody wins. Mm. And then the last one is government must remain a fair, on, honest broker. Mm. So when you look at these five, Four out of five are on the citizens themselves, mm, mm. right? You're like, you have to make better friends. Mm. You have to not stereotype people. You have to give everyone a fair chance. I'm like, yo, yeah, we we, we know, we, we know. But but what are, what are you doing? You can't just be the fair, honest broker. Right? Yeah. And, and, and right. is, is it, do we elect someone to be a broker 
between between disagreeing groups. No lah, in some ways mm. you need to lead lah. You need to make tough decisions. Mm. You need to decide what what is better for the, you know, not for the future of Singaporeans and everything lah. And then and it, certain things just don't make sense. They don't make sense. And unenforced law is a pointless law. It doesn't make sense. You need to be a leader in unless, that, in that la, right? You know, unless they call them the four G leaders, la. No, four G brokers. Four G brokers. And now the five G brokers. <laughs> and Pritam is the broker of the opposition. Broker, yeah. yeah. The fair and honest broker. Yeah, we're not. We're not electing you all to be brokers. We're electing you to be leaders. You know. Like, yeah. You know, exactly. See, see problems before they appear. Don't just like placate people. Lead them. You know. Yeah, and and I can I can imagine like I was surprised by how much uh, animosity there was on Reddit towards the speech and and Lawrence Wong feels like the tides have turned against him, man. In terms of the opinions of the public, yeah. But I also I can imagine a lot of people saying, "Wow, you know, minister speaking about this, that's good." Mm. So I'm I'm curious how our listeners would react to it also, because I would encourage everybody to listen to the speech. And based on what I've read, the Q and A panel also sounds like there was something. A bit more, uh, a lot of good good thoughts came out there, like, and that almost feels like he was challenged quite a bit. Uh, right. Actually, on the contrary, I thought that. No. I uh, thought that yeah, it was a pretty shitty Q and A, At least compared to uh, the fuck. at least compared to the last <laughs> one about race and everything, lah. Uh, last kid, I was just reading the quotes, uh. Yeah, I just I, I didn't feel that that he was really being pushed, you know, um, or the buttons but, okay, were really being so pressed. So that was the. Yeah. That was the Q and A, but the panel, the panel wasn't shown. Oh, the panel, yeah, yeah. I know, I haven't, I haven't seen the panel itself, like, yeah, yeah. So I couldn't find videos on the panel, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. How yeah. come, ah? Uh? Yeah, I don't know, man. But the, the because, I mean, one thing the Q and A also is was uh, I think um, let me get his name right. I don't want to to be an asshole who doesn't get. Oh yeah, so I I did watch a bit of that Q and A, yeah. and starting off already was congratulating Lawrence Wong on on the amazingness of his speech, like, which I was like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was a Q and A session moderated by Ambassador Ong King Yong, like, who is also the executive deputy chairman of the S Rajaratnam School of International Studies and NTU, like. uh, mm. But you know he is a career diplomat, the career civil servant. And everything like so I think you know the the expectation on him to really push the boundaries or press the buttons uh I mean it's, it's hard it's hard lah, right it's hard regardless of however however how much they claim to be objective or that it's hard lah. or they don't i don't i don't anyway, I don't even think they claim to be objective lah. but it's hard lah, right when you are basically uh within the system itself lah. um actually that's that's damn interesting no like I really tried looking for the video of the panel, mm-hmm. but it is nowhere. His speech ah, okay. and the Q and A by that one moderator is there. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. very interesting. Yeah. So I mean, even as a moderator, I think uh, how I mean, what what makes me a bit unimpressed with the whole Q and A was, you know, when he just talked about the LGBT thing, it, it was like right at the end of the Q and A, and then it was, uh, oh yeah, you know, and then he used the word lifestyles to describe LGBT the LGBTQ community, if if anything, like you know, about mm, people who choose mm. that lifestyle. And uh, yeah, just the word, the, the the use of the word lifestyle kind of like made it feel like, uh, you know, yeah, it basically downplays the the presence of the community and then, and then you know, the, the everyday, the everyday trivializes, presence, it, yeah, like, trivializes right, yeah. as a choice that people make and, and, and you know, they have to live with that choice. Like, like being unvaccinated, that's a choice you make, you know, that kind of thing. Mm. But it's not like, it's not, it's not, it's not LGBTQ lifestyle that, you know, people choose. Like. And I, I think, Words words really matter in that case, lah. Yeah. So, so I was yeah, just so very I unimpressed with the the Q and A. 
I hope they put uh, the panel on because to, to go back to something I said when I didn't have the quote in front of me, like uh, Mr. Ng Yisheng, I think he at some point, he was pointing out, okay, like, um, you know, about the pledge, we have five shared values, justice, equality, democracy, progress, but all we seem to care about is peace. Yeah. And all we seem to care about is preserving the status quo and why are we organizing this conference on identity for the IPS if it's just going to be about maintaining the status quo. And then mm. he said this, which I assume was directed to Lawrence Wong, who was also on the panel. I feel that kind of solidarity is happening now. So, you know, Lawrence Wong, you want to learn how to be inclusive, come to Ping Dot. Mm. Then I was like, oh shit, mic drop. But that yeah. video is not available online. I see, I and see. That's very interesting. Interesting, interesting. Very, very but, but interesting. I hope, I hope yeah. I just haven't seen it. La. Yeah. You know, I was having a very uh, long, extensive discussion with some friends recently about uh, yeah, succession in 4G leadership. La. And this is a bit of a tangent. La, so, so bear with me a while. You mean 4G brokership? 4G brokership. Uh, yeah, brokership, brokership. Like who, yeah. who, who is, is the really the right one? Considering that we've all seen the the you know the the, uh, the good sides and the bad sides and the the failings and the and the successes and all that lah, right? Um, anyway, I, I, then someone raised the point: that Why is it that Singaporeans are always so obsessed with with how intelligent how intelligent? Uh, uh, you know, uh, one of these these leaders must be, or how sharp they must be. You know, like they must or be how eloquent to, or how uh, articulate, uh, is it? Yeah, yeah. As opposed to, I guess, how wise or, or you know how the, the other important characteristics of being a leader, like, of being able to convince others of difficult positions and things like that, like. As opposed to just mm. shutting people down by being by you know being sharp tongued or anything like that, like. Uh, mm. you know, cause, cause I, I think that's, that's a, and I thought that was a really interesting point in the sense that we, yeah, like in, in Singapore, we seem to worship this, uh, yeah, people who are very academically book smart or anything. But if you can't convince people about any, a difficult or important idea, isn't that like, yeah, isn't that a failing as a leader? You're not a leader, la. yeah, you're not a leader. Yeah. You're, you're, you're a spokesperson. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So you're, you're very smart, very sharp, uh, salesperson, la, right? But but you're not mm. necessarily someone that I would put my trust or money behind, la, right? So, yeah, yeah, it just made me. I mean, watching this speech, I mean, yeah, la, you know, yeah, la, it was a very high high felton speech about yeah tribalism and Roman Empire and Chinese history and all this kind of thing. But I was like, yeah, but that doesn't convince me any any better that that that, that your team your team uh, has that is what it takes to to navigate these waters, la, right? Mm. Yeah. That's interesting. I guess I guess if anyone listening or even for us to think about in your life, right, who are the people, be it bosses, be it teammates, be it classmates, colleagues, that you respected as a leader versus those who were just smart. And I think there's a big difference, man. Yeah. Some of the best leaders I've ever interacted with, yeah, they might not be the, the best, the most book smart, but they make me feel safe. Yeah. They yeah. make me feel safe. Me they feel have hurt. my confidence. They yeah. have my respect. They, yeah, and they yeah. somehow bring people together, and I think that's fucking important. If someone is just standing in the in the side saying the definition of consensus is people agreeing <laughs> together, you guys just have to get together. Yeah, yeah. Just shut up, lah. Yeah. And here are the five steps for you to take. <laughs> yeah, you the know, five like, steps. Fuck you, <laughs> la. On WikiHow, it details yeah. five steps to come to a consensus. Yeah, exactly. So Mm-mm-mm. it is. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, at this point, as we uh, because we, I mean, right now we're in a very strange place, lah, in the sense that. The world is rioting and about COVID restrictions, all that. Singapore is like, ah, uh, you know, start, stop, start, stop, open, don't open, kind of, kind of that situation. And and our, but our 4G leadership is is 
consistent in the sense that it's still in flux. La. We don't know who's the next Prime Minister of Singapore, even though by mm. now we're, we're supposed to have known already. La. So, so it's yeah. every little step that they take now is being analysed very critically by a lot of people. La. Yeah. Yeah, cause so funny. Cause like last year, I think even I was like, "Wow, Lawrence Wong pretty dope." Uh. Yeah. you know, like I, I, I have faith in him. Yeah. his tears in Parliament were real. Yeah, they were real. And we were like, "Fuck F one, we don't need F one, man. We got Lawrence. Yeah, we got Lawrence, and yeah. he's gonna play guitar in the next big concert on the Padang <laughs> and everything." That's why. <laughs> now we're like, "Ah, yeah, Lawrence, you say LGBT, you sure not? Sure not? Sure not? Sure Can we get our F one back, sure please? Not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's like, <laughs> And now he's coming back. What? He's yeah, coming back. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, so the, yeah, tides oh, have turned. Oh, how times have turned, have changed. Yeah, mm. how the tides have turned. Yeah, but yeah, But uh, speaking of change, uh, I mean, uh, I mean, mm. uh, do you have any more thoughts about this topic? Or, oh no, 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 okay, no, no. Okay. That was a perfect time for a segue. Okay. But but yeah, speaking mm. of big changes, I think uh, on a more on the ground level, there are a lot of big changes coming up for eighteen-year-old boys going to NS la. Mm, and mm, uh, national 18- service. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, w- would you would you like to do the honors? Yeah, it's just uh oh. about uh the new the new basically there's no longer going to be 5BX for uh our soldiers that joined the Singapore Army already lah. You know mm. 5BX is uh basically a short for, short form for five basic exercises uh mm. which were which is a ritual that almost every morning that uh, you're supposed to do in the army yeah. whether you're a recruit or whether you're in a unit or everything and it's basically five basic exercises to help you get warmed up to 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 face the day lah and keep fit lah right mm. so but, but yeah uh, yeah so the uh, Singapore army has gotten rid of the 5BX and they are starting to do a different type of uh, workout called the PX prehabilitation mm. exercises and uh, mm. yeah, there's quite a lot of details about it, and and uh, but I know this is something that you were very excited to talk about, lah. Uh, so I wanted to <laughs> see the floor to you to tell us why. Uh. No, first, first I want to call out your eighteen-year-old boy privilege when you said only eighteen-year-old boys go to army. Why? Uh? Hello, uh, there are there are older boys also, uh, and okay, there are, there okay, are okay. females also, lah. Fe- what what females? Uh, after- what, what conscripted females? Man, no what? No lah, I mean if you if you are in OCS and all or those kind of schools where they are female, they also need to do five BX, right? Oh yeah, yeah, ah. but they don't don't get called up, but they don't get called up to army, right? What do you mean? But this is not only for conscript conscription, right? It's yeah, for yeah, everyone. Yeah. So I'm saying the bulk of conscripts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I'm talking. I believe yeah. the definition the definition of conscripts are anyone who goes into army uh, ordered by the government. Mm-hmm. But uh, correct, correct, yes. Yeah, so I was women just, are not I was right. going off a tangent. Uh. <laughs> Your definition saying, of uh. <laughs> no, I know, I know. Fuck, I need to check the same dictionary that Lawrence Wong uses. Yeah, yeah. But but the five BX, I mean, uh, it essentially is yeah the five exercises: jumping jacks, high jumper, crunches, push ups, and running, which is something that everyone in army, regardless of age, gender, whatnot, at some point would have done like during their training phase, mm-hmm. right? And it's something you do when you wake up at like I don't know six a.m. and you gather on your parade square. Yeah. And you do it, and it's been in place for so damn long. Mm. Um. And then this announcement, yeah, is the prehabilitation exercises, which um involve uh lunges, uh stretches, and it's meant to really warm up the body, mm. Mm. Yeah. So I think it came about. I it came about because it was first tested in in smaller groups around the army. It was led by the head physio, um, and 
I think the genesis was because there were injuries, like a lot of injuries mm. from cadets, and then they they realized, oh shit, are, are the cadets warming up for the day stretching? So this one, yeah, is, is lunges, stretches, um, and I guess I was what was it? I was like, oh my god, age of the seat, wake up in the morning, I need to talk about this. Yeah. But I just think, uh, of course, it 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 should have come sooner, but I think it's great like because the five bx is so old school, mm. uh, and with all the knowledge on physio, sports science, uh, body mechanics, it feels like, yeah, it's about time that something changes. Mm. And where there's more focus on mobility and flexibility. Mm. Mm. So so you're very happy about it? No, I'm just happy that, okay, they are evolving. Mm, I see, I see. I I wasn't standing by the window clapping (laughs) for all the the physios in the army and all that shit like yeah 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 but i just thought okay okay i mean that that's cool like i like the changing of the ippt from to reduce what no pull-ups to push-ups and all that one i don't really understand the the signs or the rationale mm. behind it and we mm. didn't have that podcast this podcast by then so we didn't go in depth yeah but this one i felt okay it makes sense like but mm. and why, like, why, why you do you were, think you, it makes sense uh? uh i mean because like stretching and mobility is fucking important like and i think growing up there was never an emphasis on that yeah. it was just about okay you know like not even form you know just do these exercises and and hope for the best like and i think when you're 18 when you're 19 all that yeah you can uh you can adapt like your body can tahan the strains like but mm-hmm. for army where i mean thankfully i don't have anything long term from the army but I know a few people even you right you had something from the army that, yeah. that lasted shoulder right? shoulder and neck issues but I mean uh, yeah. Yeah, just the, for, especially for the 50% of our population that, that, that uh, didn't get conscripted into army and everything uh, I mm. think it's important to understand the context of 5BX la. usually because it's the first thing that people do in the morning right uh, mm. as always as an 18 year old kid or 21 year old kid or whatever you most people like they wake up five to seven minutes before they have to fall in for five BX. Mm. So they're mm. literally stumbling out of bed, still bed head. Maybe have even they don't even brush teeth. They just straight away put on their you know, shorts shorts and, and, and t shirt and shoes and then they go downstairs to a parade square, which is uh when I say parade square, I mean usually it's just a, it's, it's just like uh, asphalt, like, it's a road like, right? Uh, yeah, you know, it's not even a. It's not. It might not even. In my case, it was. It wasn't even like a properly, you know, specked out parade square with a flag or anything like that. It was just like tam- like road lah, basically. And there, mm. you know, you just stand around and take attendance, and there's a little bit of shouting here and there for for people to fall in. Then when everyone gets together, you know, that everyone's still sleepy like Everyone's still rubbing their eyes, barely able to to have coherent conversation. Then suddenly. Yeah, you're, you're, you're basically launched into doing some static stretches, uh, which is like, you know, just standing there and pulling at your arm. And, and usually in, with very bad form because nobody is, nobody, nobody's really awake yet. Lah. And then before you yeah. know it, you're suddenly doing 5BX, which is like high impact. Uh, they're all like pretty high impact exercises, like jumping and then, you know, uh, uh, was jumping jacks and things like that. Yeah. So so yeah, there yeah. there is a lot of uh, imagine just rolling up a bit and merely jump in doing starting to do push ups. Uh. That's that's what it felt like last time now with IBX. And and and, and uh, you can imagine why there's a uh, occurrence of uh injuries like you know, because people are usually not their bodies are not even warmed up, you know, for, for the day, much less five BX and, and so that's why uh yeah, like you, I'm also glad that they, they do care a little bit more about the science behind all these things. 
uh, as opposed to just telling people to just suck it up, lah, right? Suck it up, and mm, it's your responsibility. Mm. Uh, and 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 yeah, lah, uh, incorporating more stretching and just giving more time for people to to slowly ease into their day, lah, right? Mm. <laughs> but then, but then, like, oh, of course, none other than hardware zone. Uh, got some comments like "Kanina la, 5BX also called strenuous it's meant to warm you up sufficiently for more intense activities later <laughs> nobody ever died from a freaking 5BX routine then go revise it away <laughs> <laughs> and then strawberries after strawberries Um, so I guess this kind of thing it's I can imagine you're like, huh, you don't do 5BX because 5BX normally it's First of all, yeah, you wake up from bed only like 10 minutes earlier and if you do push-ups and crunches and running, it can be quite shack, like, like a mm. jolt to the system. Like, yeah, right? yeah. But then the thing is like stretching and mobility is fucking important. Yeah. And as you get older, you realize, oh shit, yeah. I should have taken more care in the, in, when I was younger. Like. Correct, correct, correct. And, and the important thing is that they are, uh, the good thing is that they are not relying solely on, on like uh, some general or some... Uh, you know, yeah, some general who was trained in engineering to to come up with a new a new training program la. They are working with physiotherapists and sports scientists at at a at a who are who are trained for this kind of thing la, Right? Um, yeah, yeah. At exactly. least at least on paper la, Right? So and then I can attest to that la, Even even during my time, uh, during during national service when I went back for remedial training for failing my IPPT, uh, mm. they yeah even even for something like remedial training, you could tell that they were putting more effort into trying to, you know, um, try out different programs. Uh. So they even brought in external trainers, for example, to to do Zumba class during remedial training, for example. Uh, and I, I won't deny it was much more exciting to to have a, a female instructor teaching Zumba as opposed to just just another 18-year-old uh, Chao recruit or whatever, just teaching you like some basic exercises. Lah. So, mm-hmm. so, so... Yeah, you know, uh, there was even someone who was like, they uh, they even brought in an MMA instructor at one point, you know, to teach, uh, to mm. give a one-time MMA, MMA class. And then it was like HIIT instructors and stuff like that. Like, just just you, you, to make exercise more fun, more more uh, interesting and less repetitive and less of the same old same old bullshit that, that, that everyone hates. Like. So I, mm. to that extent, I, I, I actually give them, I actually give them some props for that. Like. But what if your uncle told you, Terence, you need Zumba to exercise, is it? Huh? Yeah. Can you can you man up or not? Huh? No, I'm saying you just do push-ups. Yeah, I'm yeah. a civilian. I'm a civilian. I go into the army like once a year max, you know. So so mm. broadly speaking, my my identity is a I'm a father. I'm a you know husband. Don't play identity politics. I'm don't a father. Play, no, I don't care. You father, husband. You know, I work. I work in the media industry. Soldier is Singaporean. Quite, or? Soldier is Singaporean? very far down right, that list. So so to expect me to keep up so easily with being a, a fighting fit soldier, I need some I need some help, lah, you know? Yeah. Well you mean the thought of like PM Lee being proud of you, not enough, is it? Huh? PM not Lee. enough to make you run. Yeah. Or like, you know, Lawrence Wong just just approving no, of nah, your nah, exercise. We're, we're, out of, enough, we're out we're out of the income bracket to to get any respect from from our leaders on uh. You know, you know that whole you must earn a certain level to get to be to to, to be dignified to talk. To talk to uh to CEOs and stuff like that. Was there was there a quote? I feel like there was a quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, was insinuation. There was a. Uh, I think when there was a discussion sometime back about uh ministers' pay and then, I think one of them said that oh, oh if you don't if you earn so much less than a CEO of a you know a big company oh, yeah, why would yeah, they talk yeah, to correct, you correct. you know that kind of thing uh. 
So that yeah, true, we are way true. out of the income bracket for them to give a shit about us, lah. Yeah. Correct, correct. So if any of my friends become big CEOs of companies and and I don't earn as much, I have to stop talking to them, lah. Right? Correct, correct, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yes, okay, yes, okay. That's how it works. Noted. Uh. Yeah. Noted. Yeah. All right. <laughs> no, but I mean, uh, yeah, lah. So so that that's my own personal experience of it, lah. I mean, I want to. Mm. You know me, lah. I want to shit on the army when I can, but you sometimes you just gotta give them props when they do things that improve. The lives of soldiers, like yeah, yeah. This is, I thought. This is, I thought it was great, man. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I mean, hopefully, because now there's really like fucking. You just Google, you can find training tips and signs that stuff that twenty years ago no one had access to it. Like. So, yeah. in a for an organization that has a lot of physicality to it, it makes sense that this sort of tough stuff is done. Like, and I hope it continues, and I hope there's that 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 sort of evolution continues. Like. So so props to you, SAF. Yeah. And for those who those who keep calling our younger soldiers strawberries, you know, I think uh, I think it's it's also they're also dealing with a very different type of uh uh situation in, in, in combat now, like, right? The the stuff they have to carry and, and 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 you know just just the flag jacket that they carry and all that. It's a very different kind of uh uh, you know the twenty the twenty first century soldiers very different from like in the seventies or eighties, the the kind of soldier like, right? Uh, mm. where really the soldier is really much more uh expected to be one with his equipment and, and really operate as like as like a professional soldier like, compared to last time where it's really just about you know, like how much phys- your physical fitness and how much you can carry and stuff like that nothing more like. Whereas now, you know, yeah, they need yeah, to use exactly. iPads and all that in the field and, and, and communicate with each other and all. Oh, serious? Uh? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so there, there, there are, there are more expectations wow. of our soldiers to, to engage and use their brains than, than before. Like. So uh, if, if there's more things that can help them rest better and, 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 and take better care of themselves, and you know, I'm all for that. Nah. Mm. Cool, man. Yeah. Cool, cool. I wonder if there's anyone in army listening to us as we speak about this. And if if the chatter on the ground in the army is like ah oh, fuck this is gonna be damn stupid because <laughs> I, I would I would like to hear like, would I would, to I would hear, like would to hear love to hear yeah but yeah cool man so um well, we're going to our one show comments section yes but I will mm. tell you that actually it's been, uh, even our last podcast like not much comments huh yeah uh, quiet yeah man. I mean oh, we we yeah. got one from, from yeah like accidental jurist who's who's a long time listener and, and very. Very, very uh, prolific contributor to our subreddit. But, but other than that, yeah, I mean, quiet. Uh. Mm, mm. But do you have a, a specific comment? Uh, not, 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 not say specific. La. But do you have one yourself first? Um, I have one like four days ago. I don't think it was a, a comment mentioned by either of us before. It was from actually JD Chua mm. on our podcast uh, 234 where we talked about the transgender actress named Amanda Munn in latest in in the latest Jack New, Jack New movie. Mm. Um, the comment was essentially, "What if Amanda Munn is about Kimberly playing a character who hates what the name implies and what stereotypes it brings? Is it possible that this is a small scene aspect in the comedy where it is actually a drama about how people can be more than their names? Mm. Um, what if Harish plays a man who snaps in his office because his coworkers like to joke about his name as Mister Ne Apu?" Uh, wouldn't that be a drama that can spark deeper conversations? Um, so people I like to implore, thus let us wait and see what our girls' army is like and understand the context first before carrying pitchforks. Whew, that's a that's a very noble and admirable uh, approach, la. Mm. And I, I when I read that, I was like, okay, he 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 does have a point, but at the same time, um, I think if 
if you're making a show like that uh, that's going to be published uh, and if people react a certain way to the little information that is made public, then, yeah, I feel that as a producer of a show, you need to take into account, like, oh, shit, what if this leaks? Um, what if what if this goes out? So I think, I don't know, maybe I'm just not I'm not that optimistic. Uh. Maybe, maybe I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm more pessimist. I'm more of a pessimist. Uh. Yeah, I mean, you, 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 no, it's not, I think... Um, JD does bring up a point la, that that you know we, yeah. maybe we are prejudging a little bit because there mm. could be, I mean who knows lah right they could there could be some crazy fantastic arc for the character, but I guess yeah, I man. guess everyone is also only judging based on all the available information that has been out there in the past about the Boys to Men franchise la. We have had yeah. Boys to Men one, two, three, and four. You know to. To really understand the, the the style of humor and how how delicately these very controversial topics are usually handled. La. And then mm. to that point there was even the the during the audition for the I think I boys went three or four, I can't remember, where even the top uh, race also became a, a very sensitive topic and and was not very delicately handled even by the casting director back then, la, right? So mm. I would actually say that uh Given the, the 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 rich history that we have of this, we we can't turn a blind eye to all that and just assume that the only the best intentions are at play. When when mm. when when the uh, when this joke when this joke of uh, the the person's name is brought up or whatever lah, right? And uh, but and but I, I guess I guess yeah. Go ahead. No, so yeah, so I think people calling it out early, uh, was not a bad thing lah in the sense that they they. They were they knew the trajectory of where this was going based just based on whatever was happening before, and uh, mm. maybe they called out early lah. If if the director really had the intention to, to to make it a you know a real point and a real very important topic and everything, uh, then I think it's it's also up to the director to convince everyone lah, right? To to mm. watch the show yeah. and, and everything, but. Uh, I believe in this case the director also saw that you know okay maybe it wasn't it was just a joke that that he meant offhand and then and it wasn't and it's not worth the fighting over lah right so it's not worth dying on that hill for uh, you know uh, pardon the military mm. pun lah. but yeah so uh, in some sense yeah lah, I, I guess people taking preemptive action maybe maybe will will help move the the whole Our Boys to Men series towards a more kinder gentler uh, version of itself lah Mm. I mean, it doesn't need to be kind or gentle. Like it can still be incisive and and controversial. But mm. um, hopefully, in in a way that that uh is a little more uh substantial. Mm. But I will say that if uh the new our boys uh our girl movie our girls go to army movie is a fucking revelation with deep uh deep conversation sparkers, I will personally <laughs> uh, uh acknowledge. Actually, JD Chua's uh, foresight in calling us out, lah. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Anyone listening can 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 bookmark this and and we see how it goes, lah. Who I mean, maybe I I can't imagine the script being changed at this point because it's so close to production. If it hasn't really happened or isn't already happening, mm, mm. but yeah, I just thought that was an interesting perspective, lah. So so thanks for the comment, man. Yeah, yeah, correct. Um, but yeah, lah. So so for you, you'll 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 pass on this week's show comments because there's. You haven't seen enough. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't seen a lot of activity for a bit. Mm. So I think yeah, there's not there's maybe, not much. Maybe time. things are slowing down. Maybe people are going uh, out like They're a, going out, meeting up with, in groups of five. Out, yeah. yeah, 
So maybe that's mm-hmm. why they're, they're spending less time commenting. But yeah, do do if our if our shows do stir up something, please do leave a comment. Lah. It does help mm. give us some feedback. Yeah. Cool. Yes. All right. But what now is, on to the one shook thing. Yes. And what is Would you your like to go first? Thing? No, no. What, 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 oh, okay, I mean, yeah, lah, I can oh. I can go first. Lah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Basically, there's a there's one particular YouTuber that I've been I've been uh, watching a lot of his stuff. He's a cinematographer on 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 uh, YouTube. Uh, but I I like his stuff because he you know now the the when you're a gadget YouTuber and all right, it's very tempting to just go down a route of just reviewing products and basically saying nothing about everything lah, right about. Basically, sitting in your bedroom and just like reviewing a product every day, and, and shooting stuff in your room, and, and and just talking about the specs of a product, but not about the real use of the product, lah, Right? So, mm. I mean, he's a he, you, I would consider him one of those content creator slash cinematographer YouTubers. His name is Mark Bone, um, mm. and he's only got one hundred twenty eight thousand subscribers. So he's got even less subscribers than us on YouTube, you know. Mm. But his stuff mm. is is. Is really interesting because he's a documentary filmmaker, but he talks more about like the philosophy behind how he uses his camera and and why he uses certain cameras or why he does certain things behind the camera, la. And and that has been like super. Every time I I feel like oh you know oh it's just another one of those videos about about gear and all that. I watch it and I'm like wow this guy has gone so much deeper than than just talking about gear, la. He's gone th- talking about like. You know how how his relationship with the person in front of the camera, behind the camera. He talks about why he uses certain filters and why not certain filters, and how he does that in his day to day work, and and how does he, how he actually uses it in the field, like, as opposed to just sitting in his room and, and filming himself, and and that's it, like, right? So, um, if I'm not wrong, if I'm not wrong, I first heard of him from some uh, Casey Neistat recommendation. So, uh, yeah, if. I, I, I have this feeling like he's just one of those like uh a bit under the radar YouTubers that, that probably deserve more 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 people actually checking out his stuff la. And and, and mm. so I I'm just I just gonna put this video on. His latest video is about getting cinematic footage, any location, every time. Sounds very clickbaity, right? You know, sounds like he's selling a gadget. But but no la, he's, yeah. he's not he, he spent it's more about the like like the, the thought process behind uh, every shot that he takes behind his camera. La. So it's it's oh, very interesting, cool. yeah. Mark Bone, yeah, Mark, Mark Bone. Bone. Yep. Wow, nice names, yeah. Yeah. Correct. Cool. Cool. Um. Yeah. And and my one short thing is this interview video that I that I just started. I mean, it's not a long interview; it's thirty six minutes, and I'm early into it, but I'm quite excited about it. It's an mm. interview that Gary Vaynerchuk did with Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, okay. Uh, and it got released on November twelfth, and I got I got uh sent here by a podcast that I was listening to where they spoke about it and the the nice thing is it's done via video call mm. and it's 36 minutes uninterrupted and Gary Vaynerchuk you know he's someone who is, is super hyperactive and the, just in a few minutes in he is like uh, interrupting Mark Zuckerberg and it honestly feels like a conversation and it feels like for once Mark Zuckerberg sounds like a right but like a, an actual human being mm. and in the comments People are saying that this is actually so interesting because it's two vastly different uh, people, personalities, but actually just having a good conversation and 
Um, I, I, I'm quite excited to watch it. Like, and I think at one point I read that <laughs> Gary Vaynerchuk was telling uh, Mark Zuckerberg about the philosophy of social media or some shit like that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so so it was just... like I think it's one of those interviews that I haven't seen Zuckerberg do for the longest fucking time. They're like laughing, they're joking. And apparently it's also very informative. Uh, I've watched the first few minutes. It's it's pretty it's pretty interesting and, I, and I'm looking forward to it, man. Mm. And and this yeah, was on Gary was Beast it channel. was it uh to line up with the launch of the metaverse or something that that this I mean the title of the video is Web three Metaverse Chat with uh, Mark Zuckerberg because Gary Vaynerchuk is always is always dabbling in stuff at the at the frontier but I think it was more the dynamic that will be interesting like, and of course if you're interested in the metaverse and and Web three like one takeaway that I think he uh, Zuckerberg mentioned that was quite. Interesting. He said, "Why he changed the name Facebook to Meta, right? Because he mm. said that is really what he and his core team believe. And when you run a company that big, it's very hard to get buy-in from all the employees, lah. Mm. So the easiest way is to <laughs> just change the name of your company to let everyone know, yo, this is the direction we're going. Yeah. And it sounds like, wow, fuck, that's actually quite quite profound, lah. Mm. But yeah, everything we have seen about Mark Zuckerberg, he's like a He's like a cartoon character, just like like a like a robot. This one, he actually feels a bit human, lah. Mm, okay, okay, interesting too. Yeah, the juxtaposition of Gary Vaynerchuk and Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, man, be interesting. Yeah, but apparently, yeah. like, is it true Gary V was an early investor in Facebook also? Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So he's yeah, uh, he yeah. was made a billionaire by by Zuckerberg. Of course, la. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. He's in that's it. Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, man. everything you can imagine, lah. Mm. Crazy. Cool, cool, cool. Crazy. Cool, man. All right, man. All right. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. And talk to you all soon.